Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest. He really embodies the ideas of discipline and integrity, being honest with yourself, uh, true, raw authenticity, and vulnerability. So he's Trevor White, calling from Hawaii, and he's going to tell us a remarkable story just about um, relationships, life, business, and um, happy to welcome him to the show. Trevor, welcome. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here and just uh, just chat with you and, and uh, hopefully add some value to everybody you got on the show. Yeah, I love uh, sharing with my audience people that are doing different things. And uh, you have quite an interesting, you were very successful early on and now you kind of transitioned. Uh, so talk about your journey, your, your work, and we'll get into more details. Yeah, for sure. So I was at a young, young age. Uh, we were real poor growing up. And so my mom instilled in me, if you want something, you work hard. Like, that's it. Like, they couldn't buy us things that, you know, we, we ran out of money at the end of the months and all this. And it's funny, though, as a kid, you don't realize you're poor until <laughs> you like get out of it. And then you look back and you're like, wait a second. You mean I wasn't supposed to like that wasn't normal? I'm like, oh, that just seemed like the way it was. We had no problem with it. So it was it was a great night. My, my parents are great. Uh, but they just didn't have any money. So uh, at a young age, man, 10 years old, I actually started my first company and it was a lawn mowing business. And I had, I call it a company because I had first started out just myself knocking doors and just getting route or lawns, right? And I would charge five bucks a lawn. And at the time that was a ton of money. I mean, I'm 10 years old for heaven's sakes and I'm a real hard worker. And I would just push my, my parents out. I don't know what kind of mower it was, a little red mower. And I would push it down the neighborhood and it got to where I had so many jobs that I was doing jobs after school every day and then all uh, Saturday and then Sundays was a no-go that was my day off uh, but I had I, I had no time to do more and so I still was getting new jobs and then I ended up hiring my friends and I, I didn't even know what I was really doing at the time I didn't realize how cool it actually was until I became a real entrepreneur but then I would hire my friends and I'd pay them four bucks to mow the lawn and I would get a dollar Right, so I'd get the contract or whatever. So I had this little empire going, and I remember it was it was awesome. I caught the bug, man. I caught the bug of, of wow, you could just there's no rules, right? There's the rules that you make them. Like, cause I wanted things. Like I was into trading cards. I was into like uh, Hot Wheels. I was into uh, like all these things that cost money, right? And, uh, remote control cars, stuff like that. And my parents couldn't buy it, and I wanted it. And so I was like, well, how do I get it? Well, I go earn money doing it. And there was all these little things that I did along the way as a little kid. And uh, yeah, it just spilled over into after graduating high school. Uh, I uh, Actually, I'm a liar. I didn't graduate high school, uh, which I think is a really key part of my story. Just because a lot of the times you think there's only one traditional way to make life work. And uh, that was not it. School was just not for me. I, I just didn't. I did not vibrate well in that like it was just wasn't good for me right so i, I got you know, I, I left high school early uh to just go pursue life and 
You know, I, I started in the, the real, my real first company was in the mortgage banking industry. Uh, I first started as an employee working for a brokerage, uh, just pick up the phones. And, you know, it's funny, I'm sitting there at, at uh, like 19, 20 years old, talking to like 45, 50 year old people about what they should do with their their mortgage and how they should finance it. Oh, it's so funny. I look back on it. I'm like, man, I was a young punk kid. Didn't know what the heck I was talking about. Some guys telling me what to say and I just knew how to talk. And so uh, closing deals. But yeah, we ended up, uh, I ended up partnering with my brother and we ended up creating a pretty large uh, mortgage branch. And then we, uh, we, we upgraded to a bank. Uh, we became a wholesale processor lender. So we would bundle all the mortgages up and sell them off to wall street and, uh, yeah, that was that was my first rise, man. And uh, very young. Uh, I was by by 22. I was officially you could call me a millionaire. Right. I was married two little boys like life seemed amazing. Just put it that way. Yeah. what a, It's interesting because I think school prepares us. Uh, actually, I think school prepares us to be uh, like uh, to get basically to get a job. And there's a yeah. And, uh, if you're an entrepreneur or you know think differently it's it's you it's you know it's i think it's school is only good for about five percent of the population and the rest you know like the struggle um but uh yeah, yeah. i agree yeah it's interesting one one thing is talking about because um you're talking about work ethic and discipline and i love talking to you know just people that are real and just basically you talk about uh you're a liar and it's costing you millions and i love this idea whenever i catch myself rationalizing or making up excuses tell the audience about that yeah like that's you know and that took me a long time to get and to understand and it took me going through a lot of dark places to to get there man and and, and i think a lot of it does touch on this real briefly because it was kind of the beginning of my journey really because i mean i had that first business but lost everything uh, i lost everything in that first business but it was a culmination of several things one of them was the death of my son and my little boy is 11 months old when he passed away. And it was, it was the hardest, it was the hardest thing I could ever imagine anything I've ever, I mean, it is the hardest thing I've gone through and I can't imagine anything harder. Right. I, I think about it now and I'm like, the only thing that would be harder than that maybe is if, if another one of my children passed away, you know what I mean? That's the only thing that compares, but it put me into this really, really dark place where I just turned into a huge liar. Uh, I, I mean, I, I ended up losing everything. I, I, I mean, I had homes, cars, I mean, I had, I had, I had, from the outside, man, you would have looked at me and been like, dude, this young, ambitious kid, he must be so happy. He must have everything. And and I put on a lie, man. I told everybody I was, but inside I was absolutely dying. I was dying because I had pursued money, thinking money was going to satisfy. Dude, and it didn't matter what house I bought. It didn't matter what car I, car I drove. It didn't matter what restaurants I ate at, where I flew to, like all these cool things that you see on the internet now that everybody's like, oh, that's the life I want. Man, you get that, and I and it sounds almost, it sounds cliche, bro. But like when you get that, it's not what you think. It's just not what you think. I was actually happier in certain moments. I remember talking to my wife about. It. I was happier when her and I were broke, and we were just starting another company. And I'm we would every night we would go sit in this little uh, swing in the back of our little rented apartment. And it, they had this garden that the landlords had there. It wasn't our garden. It was there. And we would sit in this little swing, and we would go get this little Italian ice. It was this Italian ice shop down the street. We'd go get that Italian ice and then race back to the house, sit in this swing every night. And we broke, man. We had nothing. Like, those Italian ices for two bucks, dude, that was all our money. You know, we're sometimes we're buying that, we're buying that Italian ice with, like, quarters and nickels and dimes, right? But 
so I've masked all this stuff and then my son dies and I, I, I just spiraled into this place where I didn't know what truth was. And I, I ended up in my parents' basement uh, making no money and, and, and just this pit, right? But I, didn't, I lied about it. I wouldn't tell people I was in a pit. You know, if you met me, you saw me in the street or whatever. And the problem is my lies became my truth. Even though I knew I was lying to you, right? You say, you know, Christopher, you're like, hey, Trevor, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm great. I'm great, man. Just, you know, just doing my thing, you know, daily grind, living the dream. All the, all the absolutely ridiculous things people say that we all do, right? We don't actually express what's really going on. But then I started believing it. And, and I was actually literally like death inside. Like I just couldn't even, and I, and the problem with lying is they won't do anything about it. Right. So that's why I turned to, I turned to other ways to cope with it. And I got very, very, very heavy addicted to alcohol, uh, every day. And there was a space of about five years where I was drunk every single day, every single day. I was very high functioning. I would like to say, right. I never wanted to call myself an alcoholic because I wasn't like those guys. That's them. That's those guys. That's not me. And, but there came this moment of awareness, man, where it was just like, if I don't do something, if I don't change my circumstance, this is my life. And it was like this moment of weird clarity, right? I was obviously drunk because I was drunk all the time, but I had this moment where I actually saw my life, right? I think God intervened and he was like, Trevor, let me show you what's actually going on for you. <sighs> he stripped all the lies away in this instant. It was like this divine download. And I was like, wow, um, I don't like who I am at all. I hate me actually. And it was one of the first times I'd actually faced myself, you know, and I'd actually been honest and looked at myself in the mirror and been like, this is you, bro. You're fat. You're unhealthy. You're going to be dead in five years. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in my 30s, right? When this is happening, like I'm young. I'm not, and all this was going, and I was doing it to myself. And it was mm. a long, hard road. And it's not a road that I think lying, man, lying doesn't ever, lying doesn't ever go away. Let's just put it that way. Like a lot of what I do now is based on helping entrepreneurs stop lying stop lying about where they're at stop lying about where they're trying to go stop lying about this or that put themselves in a place of accountability because the truest form of integrity is being able to be a hundred percent ruthlessly honest with yourself even if it hurts even if it's painful even if you don't like it even if you have to admit some things about yourself that you're like man that's my deep dark past i don't want to talk about that Right. I mean, I, I battled with lots of things, lots of different demons and it came as game and, and it did. But there's such a liberating feeling when you get to the place where it's OK and you realize you're not unique. Like everybody has problems. Everybody's in their pit. Like, I don't care what the pit is. And but when you can express it and just say it. Right. It's like when you get it out, I think this is why therapy works. I think this is why, like, they always talk about this, like, talk about your problems. See, you know, when us men, bro, though, we're told that no feelings. Feelings are bad. You don't want to feel because if you feel something, then that means you're weak. Right. You're not a real man or whatever, whatever, you know, fill in the fill in the blank there. But, but yeah, that's kind of my that's how I learned to do it. And then there's a process that I train on it now. But that's yeah, that's it's everything, man. That's the foundation. If you can't tell yourself the truth, I don't care what dreams you have entrepreneurs starting out, if you can't be honest about where you're actually at and what you don't know, and you can't be vulnerable and, and, and surround yourself with people that know more than you and be honest to them, because it's intimidating, man. I would go to masterminds and I'm around like multimillionaires, like guys who trumped anything I had ever done, even back in my mortgage days. And, and I'm like, oh, it was intense. I don't want to tell them the truth. I didn't want to tell them I only had $5,000 on my bank account. And that was actually already dog eared towards my bills. So I really had no money and I'm trying to start this business. And I, I was afraid to jump on sales calls. Like, I didn't want to admit that. 
So I would go to these masterminds, bro, and I'd lie. I would tell them, oh, no, dude, I'm crushing it, man. I got this and I got that. I mean, and so when I do that, then I don't get the help I actually needed. Nobody says, you know what I mean? Nobody, none of these mentors that I kept trying to bring into my world could actually even help me because I was just showing up a big liar. And I didn't realize it until I've just gotten pretty good at telling the truth when I can tell when somebody's lying real quick, which I also know that if a lot of those guys in those rooms that I was in, I guarantee they were looking at me like, dude, what a moron. Like, he's so full of it. Look at him, that young. And, and until you've been there, you don't get it, right? You don't realize how almost cliche you are. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to, like that whole adage, you've heard it, fake it till you make it, <laughs> right? There's a part of that that I think is slightly valid, but there's also a much bigger part of that that I think is a, it yeah. kills people. It stops you from going after what you need to go after inside of the game. I never would have created what I created in my life if I didn't have that moment all those years ago where I just had that clarity and I was like, okay, I got to rebuild, but I got to do it the right way this time. Like, and it's, it's, it's all stripping the truth. Like everything's about truth. Like every, and I, I work on it every single day, every single day. It's, it's, it's a formula I call the, the pivot protocol. I mean, it's literally what I train on. It's how do you identify these pivots you need to make in life? The critical ones. Some are little, but a lot of them are really big. And how do you identify those pivots? And then where does the courage come from to act? Because mm. some, some of your listeners, like if you're a brand new entrepreneur, some of you maybe shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Like I hate to be the one to say it, but there's like a game that exists inside of being an entrepreneur that is there's a reason most entrepreneurs fail. But you've got to be willing to be honest about that. Like, this is the craziest part. And some of you need to quit your job today. Like, that's the pivot. And you've known it. You're like, I'm being called to more, but you won't do it. You're like, ah, but I, I need this paycheck, right? The golden handcuffs. It's, it's like corporations are like, ah, I've got you trapped now. I'm going to pay you just enough to make you slightly happy. But I'm going to pay you. You, you, can't, I'm, I'm, like, you can't leave because if you leave, you're trapped. And you build your life up like Bro, we used to do this. We used to do this with our, our employees we hired in the mortgage company. I look back and I'm like, man, I was kind of a jerk. Because I look back and we would hire people and then we would motivate them to go buy expensive cars. Because if I could get you in debt for me, like, isn't that the wildest thing? So manipulative. Like, it's like the worst ever that we would do. But I was operating out of integrity. I was so out of alignment with telling the truth or being honest or. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. So that's, I don't know. That's where it starts, man. That's, that's yeah. the key to everything. If you can't master that, I can sit and work with you on your marketing plan, your funnels, your anything, your systems, process, routines, optics, and you won't do it. It won't work for you. Mm. Right. Most people think I need to go learn something. No, what you need to do is look inside your head, look inside right here and actually work on you. Cause you're just not capable of pulling these things off. I didn't realize that until I walked this walk. Right. And this is a journey that a lot of people want to, oh, I'm in six months, I'm going to be rich. Six months, I'm going to be this, I'm going to have this, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate your enthusiasm, uh, but you're going to spend years on this journey. This is like a lifelong pursuit. This isn't a, hey, I'm going to try this for just a minute or two. It just won't work. It just doesn't yeah. work. Quite interesting. I, I love this idea because you talk about discipline. And um, so, you know, you talk about when discipline becomes white knuckling and some of the things that you've done to train yourself on discipline. Yeah. The starting point for discipline is realizing there has to be non-negotiables you have in your life. Right. And this was, this was a tough one because there's, and there's a difference between having a non-negotiable thing that I do or don't do and something that I'm committed to. 
Because something you're committed to, dude, in the ninth hour, like, or I guess we'll call it the fourth hour, you know, as the clock turns, the fourth hour, right? We're sitting there, it's dark, it's like, eh, you'll start to justify, right? That's when those lies will creep back in. Those lies will tell you, oh, no, it's okay, right? And so it comes down, like, the, the first place to exercise is, is those, what are those non-negotiables for you, right? And I had to come to terms with, what are they? What are the things that I'm unwilling to compromise on? And I'm not talking about your moral stance. That's a total different conversation, Right. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm very centered around God. My whole life is led that way. But I'm speaking more so on the the foundation of the things that you do. Right. What is what is it? be like you like what does Christopher do every single day? Guaranteed. Doesn't matter if he doesn't feel good. Doesn't matter if it's raining. Doesn't matter if he has a bad day or a good day or like it's what are the things that you're going to do no matter what. And it's, it's identifying what those actually are and then truly making them a non-negotiable. Until you can create non-negotiables, discipline will be white knuckling. That's all it is. It's just literally you trying to force. It's like dieting, right? So why most dieting doesn't ever work because you're not actually training the discipline inside of who you are. Right? Here's the difference. If I go on a diet, uh, do you ever remember, do you ever heard of the, uh, the fitness, like the program Body for Life? Uh, no. Go ahead. Great program. It, I don't know, it was back in the probably 90s when it came out, but it, it, uh, what it focuses on is you have six days of doing a certain thing, like working out, eating perfect, basically, or eating really clean, healthy, and then on the seventh day, you get a rest, meaning you can eat whatever you want, right? the free day. We've all heard that. Most diets have it, but this one was very specific. Like That's that day. Eat whatever you want on that. The problem with that is you actually aren't exercising a non-negotiable, or you're actually not even exercising your discipline. You're white knuckling it for six days for the payoff on the seventh. This is why people will do a 90 day challenge inside of fitness. And then after the 90 days, you see them like another 90 days later, they're fat again. You're like, bro, you put on the same 20 pounds you just lost. Like what happened there? And it's because they didn't actually try to become a disciplined person. They just white knuckled through discipline because they had negotiables. It's mm. like, and I'm not saying everything's stoic and it's like, this is the way you have to do it. And you gotta be perfect in, in, in execution. But there are things about the core version of who you are. Like a couple examples of that are so simple. What time do you wake up every morning? Right? All you guys like is like, look, what time is it? Right? Is it is it a time that is going to get you what you want? For years, it wasn't for me. For years, it was if I got a good night's sleep, then I would get up early and I would work out and I would take care of myself. And that, but if I man, if it was a late night or especially when I was drinking, right? I was like, ah. I drank way too much last night. I am not getting up. Like, there's no way. I need my sleep. And I would justify it away, blah, blah, blah. And so it's a simple one, right? What time do you wake up? So for me right now, it's 4.30 a.m. I don't know if it'll always be 4.30, but that's a non-negotiable. Like anyone in my circle, anyone who knows me knows Trevor's up at 4.30 a.m. Irregardless. I could have gotten to bed at 3.30. I'll be up at 4.30. It's just a no I don't make the decision every day. It's a non-negotiable. And it's a non-negotiable on me and what my patterns. That's just one example most of my clients I bring in on these daily disciplines to teach this and train on it, we start with the body, right? Because this is the one thing you can actually control. You can't control the market. You can't control what president does or doesn't do, what bill gets signed into law. You can't control your industry. There's certain things in it you can control, but there's still outside forces, right? Your body, man, you can control what you put in your mouth. 100%, right? You're the one that chose to go to McDonald's. You're the one that chose to eat the cake. You're the one that chose to eat the broccoli. You're the one that should, right? Like my, my breakfast this morning was a little chicken patty, a half cup of rice, and a little half cup of broccoli. 
that was a choice that I made because that's my discipline. Those are my non-negotiables to follow inside of my macros, right? So, but you can control that. So when I look at somebody physically, like it's interesting, and, and this may sound just based on today's climate, like sound like an asshole thing to say, but like <laughs> if you if you are overweight, I know you lack discipline. Period. Like it's just it's just what it is. Like I know there's a level of you that is compromising, and if you're willing to compromise on the thing you have full control over. What happens inside of your business? What happens with these entrepreneurs, right? When you, as you, dude, I've been through this game, man. It is really hard. It is, it's the kind of work. This is why most people quit because it is so hard and you're going to have self, you're going to have self doubt and you're going to, you're going to want to quit 632 times. You just have to make sure that even though you want to quit 632 times, you just still keep going. So 633, you just keep going. You just find new ways to fail. Like you just find new ways to screw it up and new ways to learn and develop and come. But if you don't have the non-negotiables, you will negotiate. You'll push it. Like I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, they're like, "Oh, I'm starting this new thing. I'm going to give it like two or three years. Like if, if it does, if it hasn't worked by then, it's probably time for me to. I mean, dude, you've heard that. It's like it's time to get a real job. I people will say that too. That have been like these career people, like that have had jobs, right? They're like, "When are you going to get your head out of the clouds?" And you know, and I'm like, dude, you could do that. That's a possibility. That's an option. Right. But as you do that, you give you giving yourself a window to 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 let yourself go. Right. But it comes down to this. It's the discipline is a muscle, just like a bicep is a muscle. That's a muscle. Discipline is a muscle. And you got to exercise it and you have to put it in. But that's it's a it's a pretty standard formula, man. Like what are the non-negotiables? What time do you wake up? You work out every day. You meditate. You pray. What are the things that I know about you that you're going to do regardless of how you feel? We get so wrapped up in what we feel, dude, it becomes ridiculous. Dude, I don't care how I feel. If I'm happy, it doesn't matter. If I'm sad, it doesn't matter. You'll find me in the exact same place, the exact same place. Like at the gym this morning, the guy comes up to me. He's like, and I was doing, I was doing some dumb, dumbbell stuff, which I mostly normally do dumbbell. A lot of my stuff is dumbbell. And so I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the incline bench and I don't have any dumbbells in front of me. The older guy that, you know, I, we talk occasionally at the gym and, he comes over and he's like, I don't want to take one of your weights. He's like, you do like 10,000 sets every morning. So which one are you going after? Because I don't want to take your weight. I'm like, dude, you're good. It was just funny, right? But this is, it was kind of validating for me this morning. Because I'm like, yeah, like who I am, what I do, people notice, people see it. And my patterns and routines, like that guy, that stranger that I've had just very casual conversation with, he's watched. He's seen my disciplines. And he knows them, right? And this is what's crazy. Like people outside of you can see you. They see what you do. And way better than you can, because you're a liar. <laughs> like it's this full cycle, man. It just it just cycles itself back in. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really where it starts. It's it's coming up with what are the non-negotiables? What are the things? That's something your listeners could easily and your viewers could easily implement right now. Yeah. Create a list. Create a list of all the things that you do, and what are the things that you're unwilling to negotiate, right? And if you don't have any, if you look at your game and you're like, man, I I will negotiate these things. I, I want like I want you guys all to consider. It's not about 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., whatever it is. What it is about is about training the discipline inside of you. Hmm. And you can train the discipline very simply through the body, right? Will you lose weight and become shredded? Probably. If you become disciplined, that's what will happen. Like, that's it's cause and effect. It can't not happen. But that's not why we do it. That would never be why we would even consider doing it, right? Hmm. So that's, that's like the starting point, And then you build it from there. Because once you've established the non-negotiables, now I can take that skill set we can start applying it to your marketing message. We can start applying it to your sales tactics, your sales systems, your routines. We can start applying that to the way you expand and scale your empire from a solopreneur to, 
two or three employees to, okay, now all of a sudden I actually want to create a real company to get out of entrepreneur and step into CEO role. But if you don't have basic fundamental disciplines, these non-negotiables, then anything we work on, if the wind blows the other direction, you might not do it. Right. And this is, this is the, it just a, it's a cycle, man. It's a cycle. Sorry. That was a long way of answering that, but it's a, that's a, that's a, I think it's a conversation worth having because people miss it up. They, they screw up discipline and what it means and how it works and how it operates all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. I love this idea of this, uh, this overarching theme of discipline. If people want to check your, check you out, um, you know, check out your social media, reach out to you, uh, see your work. Um, how can they do that? Yeah, it's easy. My handle's on both Facebook and Instagram. I'm pretty active on. It's just Trevor J. White, uh, simple. And then you can head over to my website. Uh, I do occasional like events. I have an event that we're we're doing next week or next three weeks next month. Uh, it's a it's a two day virtual event where I basically train on what what I call the pivot protocol, which what we talked about today is kind of like a that was like a piece of a grain of sand for what yeah. the actual training is and, and it's the execution of the map, right? How do you how do you create this? But yeah, it's just simple, man. Social media is probably the easiest way. And uh, you can actually, you know, the nice thing is go, 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 go follow me on social media and you'll see what I'm talking about because I document my life, not because I want people to look, but because I want people to understand that there are routines and systems and processes that if you will do them consistently over time, you'll win. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be the way you may I think, but you're going to win, right? It's a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, for all the audience out there listening, Trevor, really great session on discipline and um, work ethic. Uh, all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.